the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Northside Connection podcast listeners, welcome back to 9021 NOSA with Beverly Hills 9020 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always on this journey is my partner, Tim Cable. Tim, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, JT. Trucking along here. You ready to uh, play some hoops tonight? I guess so. You know, I'm not a big uh, sports guy, but um, this episode, it, it goes much deeper than, uh, than just, uh, you know, what happens on the court as we'll see, and as we'll get into with our very special guest on this episode. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, it was a little tough watching this one um, with all the b- pickup basketball and everything else because it's uh, <laughs> fresh off me suffering a very severe injury uh, playing basketball. So, I didn't think of um, that. Yeah. It was a little rough when I fired it up today. I was like, come on. <laughs> you can't make of it all, up. Yeah. Uh, Timing you, just... Are, oh, that was brutal. Um, but anyway, I'm here. Uh, and if you're new to the show, Tim and I are, are your hosts, and we rotate in a third guest every episode. We're going chronologically through the show. We'll talk about it. We'll go through some notes, and then we get some awards at the end, and then we'll kind of give our thoughts on the state of the show as we wrap up. But uh, we have a debut guest tonight. He is our good friend. We were just uh, I just saw him in person, actually, not that long ago. He uh, is a frequent podcast f- uh, flyer on many of our sister feeds, and he is uh, Jimmy Grunberg. James, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, my friend. Not really, but trying. Um, So, uh, James, like we usually do with our guests, I'd like you to take just two minutes of our time and tell us how you discovered the show when you became a fan and your relationship with Beverly Hills. 90210. Well, it was on one of our uh, weekend, uh, weekend chats, and instead of watching wrestling like we normally do, uh, we decided to watch Beverly Hills 90210, and we caught the last of, um, you know, of uh, season five, actually. And uh, then me and Tim and uh, one of our other buddies, Eric, uh, we we stayed up and watched a couple of more episodes. So then I was like, OK, let me go back from the beginning. And then from then on, I was just hooked on it. So to give everyone a frame of reference, like this was like a month and a half ago, right? Because I think it was yeah. on that same call, Tim, where, where we kind of decided to do this um, was that night because it was one of our favorite episodes. It was the Palm Springs toward the end of season five. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we kind of got fired up watching it. And that, that gave me the feel to finally do this um, and bring you along for the ride. So that was a big night for all of us. For, yeah, for us it really was very formative in the development yeah. of this show. Yeah, and, and then you brought someone else into it. You know, you brought like a new <laughs> person to watch the the series from the beginning, and I've been hooked ever since. And now you're significantly younger than t- t- Tim and I, right? You're yeah. How old? 
Uh, I am 29 right now. Oh my god! Just the number. <laughs> I wasn't even. I wasn't even born when it, the when the show came out. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's, that's good though because we ever, haven't really had that frame of reference yet, Tim, on the show. Um, <laughs> but everyone who's been on so far watched it in some form. Uh, you know when it was originally on. So right, uh, and it just goes to show we don't discriminate when it comes to our guests on the show, right? You do not need a a PhD in 90210 history. No, like we said, I mean, it is an open casting call. So anyone who's listening and wants to be on, just reach out to us on social media and you have a spot. So we're, uh, the schedule is filling up. I'm not saying it'll be relatively soon, but you have a spot. We still have some season one episodes left to fill. So, uh, all right. So we're going to roll on here then, uh, Gruny. Good to have you with us, of course. And we're going to go dive in. So tonight we're talking season one, episode five, one-on-one. First debuted November 1st, 1990. Uh, so. Why don't we dig right in? We had a hard-hitting montage with Brandon and Jim. Almost kind of picked up where they left off last episode, right? Tim, I mean, we ended last episode with them kind of having the birds and the bees chat on the basketball court, and then we picked that back is up. true. Yeah, they're shooting hoops again. Yeah, you know, it's weird. There's a part of me that thinks maybe you could have run this episode a little bit earlier, and in, in the certainly earlier than the um, you know Brandon getting it wet for the first time, but. Mm. Um, yeah, it does have a, a sort of nice, uh, uh, symmetry with the ending of, of that last episode. I think we needed Brandon losing the V card first because it gives him the swagger to, to try out for this team <laughs> later. So <laughs> to have the confrontation with, uh, <laughs> with one of his potential teammates that we'll see later so in the episode. Jim is like full Al Bundy here, just bragging on his high school heroics and he's uh, it's a new side of Jim that we're seeing a little stage dad mm. thinks Brandon can make the starting five. He's got the what it takes. He's going to keep working. So Jim's all in on Brandon's fledgling hoops career. Rooney, what would you think of this uh, start? Did you get you a little fired up for the episode? Yeah, well, we're definitely seeing like the inner sports dad of Jim coming out. And, you know, um, from what you guys said, I, I find it. I find it interesting. It's like we go from Brandon's first time to making the basketball team. I was like, I feel like it's kind of out of order. It's like maybe you should go for the basketball team before getting it in. But that's just my opinion, you know. You like, think so? You don't, you, yeah, I, mean, I feel like you need like your soft like high school stories first before you get into like the harder like. <laughs> you're no pun intended with the hard. Soft and hard. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we didn't get to Brenda. She's thirsty uh, today because she wants her own oh. car. And uh, Cindy's giving her all kinds of shit about it. Um, and she's kind of giving her shit about driver's ed, actually, and her struggles with it. She's like, you know, okay, yeah, you just have to pass the test. Like, like good luck. Um, and we're seeing some more Cindy's gardening as well. She's got all the plants in the house. So that's kind of carrying over from uh, one of our recent episodes as well. Yeah, no doubt. Cindy, the the horticulturist here in this episode, <laughs> we're still trying to sort of find a hook for her, I think. Um, Jim, it seems like they're they're kind of figuring out now, especially um, his, well, somewhat over-involvement in Brandon's extracurricular activities here. Um, I don't know. Uh, Jim definitely has a favorite child, and it is not Brenda. Well, I think he's, I'm not going to say favorite yet. I'm going to say he projects his youth onto Brandon, but I think, I think he's a super protective of Brenda. Like I, it's his mm. little girl. Right. So I think it's more that than like, they doesn't like her or, or that Brandon's a favorite. I think he's just, 
they've they've quickly pivoted to Jim being like an alpha dog, which he really mm-hmm. wasn't those first couple, but no. they've kind of pivoted to that now where he's was you know they're at least they're playing it up. We'll find out later. It's not 100 percent the case, but kind of a stud maybe in high school and a successful businessman and you know mm-hmm. wants son to to get laid. You know, like they're kind of playing it up, <laughs> right? Kind of like a man's man now, uh, which wasn't the initial positioning of him. Yeah, he's awfully invested in this throughout the episode. <laughs> he is. So we go to the school, and Brenda sees her friends and says, bye, and Brandon can't handle that. And Andrea steps in and says, that's it. She's full Beverly Hills now. Um, and then we get a savage Andrea line here. So Brandon, she's basically like, are you going to cover the tryouts? Which seems like an odd story. I guess sports section, I guess. But is he going to cover the big basketball hoops tryouts? And he says, no, I'm, I'm going to try out for the team. And Andrea says, aren't you a little short for basketball? Mm. And then Steve shows up and he gives him the same line. So was this like a Jason Priestley short joke? Was that like a thing? It must have been. And it's one of those things you don't really want to like. They didn't really tend to point that out with these. Right. Kind of um, especially with a in a leading man role like Jason Priestley is supposed to be here. Um, so that was kind of ballsy a little bit. What did you think, Rooney, of the uh, savage attack by Andre and Steve here? Well, I mean, you know, Brandon's just going to have to prove that he belongs out there. I mean, if there's one thing that Muggsy Bogues has taught us is that height doesn't really matter in basketball. Sure. I mean, he, and he taught it right around the same time. So I guess there's some inspiration for Brando. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we get this next scene kind of actually was maybe my least favorite of the episode. It, it initially kind of turned me off on where we were headed with this. And then before picking back up, but we get Brenda daydreaming in class uh, of being a, Na- uh, of being a NASCAR driver. So <laughs> she's like in a race car driving and kind of talking to herself. I thought this felt like a little too sitcom-y, Grooney. I don't know. What do you think? Like it, just, it felt a little hokey. I thought it was a little too comical for a high schooler's like, yeah. Daydream. I mean, you could like daydream about like owning a nice car, but it's like, what does NASCAR have to do with passing your driver's license test? I guess thinking she's like an expert driver. It just, it just kind of stuck out. Like a daydream of maybe her like cruising through Beverly Hills in her car would have been better than like. Oh yeah, that's yeah, what I would this say. This just felt yeah. more like. It's like middle school. Yeah, it was weird. What do you think? <laughs> it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a NASCAR driver. Yeah, this is almost in some ways a very 90s moment, not within the the framework of the show itself, just in terms of the the approach to the storytelling where it's it's very much just a time killing exercise is just thrown out there um, because they have so many episodes to do per season. And, you know, they'll just take any opportunity they can get to just do a real time wasting sort of scene. So you would see things like dream sequences and. I mean, this isn't even a dream. It's a daydream, right? Right. That she's some kind of weird fantasy she's having in class that, I mean, serves absolutely no purpose. It just goes on too long. Um, But it's just something you see in these very early 90s shows. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I I thought it was pretty dumb, too. (laughs) Did you guys daydream in high school? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's that unrealistic daydream. I guess it could have been. It just felt odd here. It wasn't something they usually do on this show, at least at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. It just looked hokey. It felt hokey. Like, I don't know. I wonder how much how much more we're going to see this this type of, you right. know, trope, um, especially in these early years. One yeah. to keep an eye out for. 
So we do find out that Brenda failed her driver's uh, training three times already uh, in Minnesota. And so we're kind of getting all about the challenges this week, right? We got Brenda kind of overcoming this and Brandon trying mm. to make the team. Uh, so then we head to tryouts where, it's, <laughs> you know, Tim, you and I have been big Steve Sanders guys in the show so far. Mm-hmm. This was not a, a primo episode for Steve. Um, no. He got exposed no. a bit here. You know, we'll see some stuff later. But here he gets worked on the court like he is. You know, he talks himself up. He tells Brandon, look, the coach all but guaranteed me. I started on JV. And then he goes out there and just gets fucking eviscerated on the court. Like he can't even <laughs> yeah. get up to these guys. He gets crossed over. He trips like he's just gets completely emasculated. Um, and he basically, uh, you know, it, it knows it like you could tell he's pissed off. So then Brandon comes out. He finally gets the call. And of course, he's a stud point guard. He's crushing it. He's, you know, weaving and bobbing, making passes, getting rebounds. So we find out a minute later that he makes that survives the first cut and Steve uh, did not. So Steve gets cut right away and he basically, you know, projects it out on Brandon for a minute and says like, well, you got no shot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But then he pivots a little bit because at first I was ready to say, well, what the fuck? Like shitty friend, right? Like basically saying you have no fucking chance, but then he pivots and says, it's not because Brandon's not good. It's because all these players on the team don't even live in the district and it's all a friggin' scam. Mm-hmm. And he's pissed. You know, these guys are outsiders. It's a free ride. They don't belong here. It's our school. Like, he's going right into all that, right? And he's not yeah. coming out saying racist stuff, but he's basically implying, right, that they're a bunch of minorities and they're only here because they're good at basketball and they don't belong in our school, right? So, he, and and because of that, it's almost like a little affirmative action type thing, right? He's like, because of mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. this program that the school's created that the students don't even freaking participate in really – I'm not going to make this team. He's ve- he's being very like dog whistly here where oh. he's not saying what he really means, but it's quite obvious and it's not a good look for Steve, is it? He's uh, cuz at the end of the day, he is just making excuses for his own poor performance on the court. He absolutely got shown up. Um should have gotten cut as as he did. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I almost thought they should have had him do better to if they really wanted the story almost, to resonate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like he should have been if he would have performed well and it got cut, then he's mm-hmm. valid. But I think what they're trying to do, I guess, is, as we'll see, not give validity to his story. Like at first yeah. it feels like there's validity to the story and then we'll see where it goes. But if there was going to be validity, you need to have him do better than just getting fucking embarrassed out there. It, it turns out, well, as as we're going to discover, this really is sort of a meritocracy and mm-hmm. Steve really sucked and Brandon was a little bit better. Um you know, I don't know how much of that is down to the characters versus the actors playing them. <laughs> like right, maybe right. Jason Priestley, short, short white guy, sure, but still maybe a little bit better <laughs> on the court than <laughs> Ian Zeering. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Brandon makes it past that first round and Steve is, is just, oh, it's just a formality. You're still going to mm-hmm. get caught. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, Brandon, you know, as we're going to see uh, – well, he's not going to have much of a uh, high school basketball career, is he? What do you think, Rooney? What do you think of Steve's uh, assertions here? Well, first off, yes, Steve definitely got owned in basketball tryouts and rightfully deserved to get cut. I mean, Brandon crossed him up and stole the ball from him, and Steve just like, what's wrong with me? And, you know, without saying what he really means, you know, Steve really does sneak in, you know, all these, like, blatant racist lines like you know 
oh, well, they're only here to, because they play basketball. It's like what you said, you know, like, oh, they're they're only here for a free ride. They don't even live in the district. So, like, Steve's just throwing out the excuses for his poor, poor performance, and but he's not really, like, saying what he, what's really on his mind. He's hinting at it for sure. And Brandon, Brandon yeah. kind of gives a look like he kind of knows where he's headed, but. Mm-hmm. But he chooses to ignore it. Like Brandon doesn't like, you know, Brandon's often like, la la land. Like, oh, that's not true. Right. He does. He plays a little bit dumb here. He's, oh, yeah. I'm new in town, Steve. I don't know the score. Yeah. And we'll see. Like, you'll hear what he says. Like, you know, what he said back, like when he was like, oh, well, back in Minnesota, you know, we didn't have this. So, you know, as we get into more of the episode. All right. So, and, and also, I think Brand was a little offended, probably too. So, like, that's probably why you don't want to hear it, right? Is Steve kind of uh-huh. shitting on his chances? All right. So, we go to the Peach Pit. Uh, so, we just, of course, were introduced to that recently, and it's still get the weird outside. We don't have the official kind of Peach Pit we all know and love, but the indoor inside is kind of there, not fully, but it's it's kind of there. And then we get so he talks to Nav for a second, and then he. Uh, He's going to leave, and he sees James and a couple of the other basketball players, the guys that Steve was referencing, starting to leave. And Brandon's kind of like, hey, you know, good seeing you out there, whatever. And James is like, yeah, all right, buddy. And then did you guys notice the odd overdub here? Like, they start to leave, and then you hear James say, he's got no chance of making the team. But <laughs> yes. it didn't it – didn't, it wasn't clear, like clean, like – it's like they forgot to do it, and then they added it in or something. They like, added it in post. It's kind too of loud for what they were trying to get across. It, it was just really awkward. There's a lot of that in this episode, I felt like. <laughs> Yeah, it almost seemed like a voiceover. Like, you know, the dude just, like, maybe, like, the actor, like, screwed up his line, and then the guy was like, all right, just go in here, re-record it, and we'll just play it in. But it's like, yeah, it's way too loud for it to be, like, you know, a whispering voice. Right, right. Really hits you over the head with it, yeah. Yeah, it's like maybe the in the original taping, like he didn't say it loud enough or something, and mm-hmm. it just it just feels out of place. Um, all right, so we got Kelly and Brenda talking. Uh, Kelly's hooking up a limo. Did she say they were going to Janet Jackson concert? That's what it sounded like she said. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it seem like it later though, <laughs> when she's where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she's get all that, and uh, you know we're kind of getting initial her trying to talk Brenda into something like we'll see it again later. Brenda's kind of like, eh, we'll see. Um, and then we see Kelly kind of scoping out Brandon. Mm-hmm. So Tim, this is something we've picked up on earlier in, a, in an episode with, on both sides, Brandon and Kelly, a little bit of feelings here. So Brandon's kind of doing the classic teenage pretending to be an NBA star's room, shooting, shooting a sock into him. <laughs> yep. And Kelly goes in the bathroom and she kind of peeks in and kind of giving him the eyes. And, uh, you know, they kind of have a moment there. Talk about the eyes. I actually took this back as early as um, it was right after the dinner scene. Kelly was there with the Walshers for dinner. And later on, she's like on the phone in the kitchen. Brandon walks in and and he gives her the most fuck me eyes I have Mm -hmm. ever seen (laughs) of any character on this show so far. And it's like, whoa. Um, and then, of course, you know, he's doing the thing in, the, in his room. She spies, she, she's sort of spying on him and flirts with him a little bit. And it's like, man, who knew that started this early? Nice shot there, champ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely uh, feeling each other. Because we did see that, too, like I said, with Brandon early. Was it the first episode where he was kind of digging on her? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, all right, we'll see where it goes. 
All right, so we go back to school, and this is one of my favorite running gags, is Steve, and it looks like it's the same scene every time. Steve is walking, and David comes up from behind. I feel like he's always in the same spot. And he's like, hey, Steve, how you been? And uh, this has kind of been the David comic relief role that he's been so good at, Tim. I know last episode with Drew, we really kind of hyped this up, but mm-hmm. um, he's funny here because he's like, you know, hey, have you missed me? I've been out with the flu uh, for a week. <laughs> and he's like, but he gives these fucking details that are so funny. Like he explains the whole way he recovered and I had all these fluids and this and that. And Steve's just like, look, I don't fucking give a shit. And he just walks away. <laughs> and Dave's like, I'll see you later. And then he goes on to the next guy. He's like, hey, you know, whatever. Terry, how you doing? Uh, so I, it's just, again, this, I like how every episode David catches Steve like in the same spot. It's always walking, walking between classes. He catches them. I, I like the suggestion that David is maybe staking his claim with different jocks. Like maybe he struck right. out a little bit with Steve. So he's going to, he's going to bark up a different tree now with this other um, you know, character who's who's not really a character in the show. <laughs> it's just he's he's gonna try at any cost, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's just trying to find any of these groups. Even if he doesn't, I don't think he realizes he struck out at Steve. I think he thinks. I think he's just tr- taking as many yeah. hacks at the at the ball as he can. He right? Wants to have a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's you know he's an aggressive. We've seen it. Dave is aggressively trying to climb the social ladder uh, and and get invited to the big party were you an aggressive uh, social climber gruny um, <laughs> still is i don't think i saw how do you think you came, came <laughs> to my it's funny that you asked that yeah because like i would say i'm kind of like david in a way because like you know i wanted to be like socially accept acceptable and it's like if i don't get it socially acceptable in one person with one group, I'll try the other person to see, see? if they'll accept me. It's like, if one says no, maybe like the ninth guy out of 10 will say yeah. So it's like one out of 10 will let me in. Then the other nine will accept me, you know? There you go. Do you, are you enjoying the David Steve stuff, Grinny, and you're watching? Um, I think it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, hey, Steve, you know, like here's just like David, like the fly on the wall. And then Steve's like, shoe fly don't bother me <laughs> so i do think uh, they're good like it's a good comic relief you know it's like here's steve just thinking he's all that but then he's got like the like i don't know if you call david the nerd but he's like just the social outcast like you know following him be like oh hey steve man yo, did you catch that game last night bro it's like dude i don't care man i'm gonna just go to class so yeah i do find it um i do find it funny and for steve it's almost self-inflicted because he fucked up the silvers in that first episode. Uh, and now he's stuck with them because he picked yeah. the wrong one by accident. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And David right. did do him the solid by driving him home, even though he that's fucked true. up his car yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. That's like Steve's fault. Like Steve got himself into mm-hmm. this. So we get more uh, now, a little bit more direct uh, <laughs> racism from Steve. So he runs into Brandon and he's like, Hey, sorry. You know, I went to the Laker game last night. I was going to call you, but I ran out of time. It, just, it was last second. Uh, and they're playing the Celtics and Steve starts gushing over Bird and Mikhail and uh, you know Brandon's kind of like wait a minute I thought you were a big Lakers fan he's like I am until the Celtics show up us Irish guys gotta stick together Um, and Brandon's like what the fuck are you talking about and Steve's basically (laughs) saying like these black guys are okay now but when the when the when the Irish come in, like we gotta we gotta stand tall and can't let them take over the league, <laughs> um, which is basically what he said. And so yeah, I, I don't. I feel like they. I don't know. 
Like I know they're going to try and show growth for Steve and, and Steve mm-hmm. and Kelly right now is supposed to be like the representation of Beverly Hills like, with a heart though, like, you know, with the potential for change. So uh-huh. I guess it's okay that it's him, but I, this would have felt better if it was like Steve's friend or something. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like Steve yeah. and some guy are hanging out and Steve's kind of hedging like, eh, you know, and the guy's like, yeah, like, you know, we had a roof of bird, right? Steve, like it would have felt mm-hmm. like a little, like it just, just felt like a darker turn for Steve than like I wanted because he's been so good. But again, I think they're trying to showcase in him and Kelly almost like the bad of Beverly Hills, but we'll see them grow through knowing Brandon and Brenda, I guess, right? Well, definitely the snobs of Beverly Hills as of for for now at least, as we'll see like Kelly's behavior towards Brenda and the obvious of Steve's behavior towards Brandon. Yeah, maybe if they'd made it more of a, and I don't know if this is necessarily better, but it would, it would feel a little bit more true to Steve if they made it more of a class thing than a race thing, maybe. Um, not that, you know, that's a good look for him either, but this is just awfully unsubtle, right? It's it's just so, yeah. he, he's so direct about like, well... I like basketball, but I'm going to cheer for the white guys. You know, it's just so. I had to like re, um, I had to like, um, rewind like the, the line in my head over again to like kind of process it, but then realize like, oh, that that's messed up. And to JT, JT, to your point, it, it would be better if like, you know, a bully or like someone other than Steve said the line. And then Steve just like chuckled as like, you know, the, the sidekick, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like it'd be a little awkward. The shows like he knows it's not right, but yeah. it's his buddy. And he's kind of feels out. that way. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, give him a little cover. This yeah. just felt like a little too, this bleak. is like full blown, like jerk of Steve. Like, it's like, dude, like this isn't you. And it's like, you know, the fact that he's the one saying it just makes him even more of a bigger jerk. Well, it's not like they were sacrificing Steve, like, for the storyline. That, yeah. That's all. Like, <laughs> for one episode, for yeah. for your issue of the week kind of thing. And uh, to be fair, they, they are going to way, like, walk this. Well, they won't directly walk it back, but it'll, like, never be speak to, spoken of again. Um, like, I can't think of any other time in the series that Steve comes off as this, like, bigot. Kind of, yeah, white supremacist jock <laughs> asshole. Like he, he's got his issues, but that tends not to be one of them. Oh, All right, so Brandon gets his first taste as star player James uh, is no show in a class. So he's in the robotics lab, and uh, it's uh, James Townsend, the star, uh, that he's actually competing against the other point guard. So, you know, he's in the lab, and James, uh, he's like, oh, I've never seen you here before. And he basically... Basically just says, you know, whatever. And Brandon's like, well, what the fuck? Now he's starting to buy into Steve's stuff. So he goes and talks to Andrea. And I thought this was an interesting approach where Brandon is calling out the, you know, the basketball player getting the beneficial treatment. And Andrea is actually mm-hmm. defending it. And it felt like that should be the other way around, right? Um, a little bit. So Andrea's like, no, we're not going to do the story. Or Brandon's like, you're going to do the story, not me, because it's a conflict of interest. And she's like, no. And he's pushing her and basically says, like, I do the same fucking thing. Like, I don't live on the district. I lie to come here. And Brandon's like, it's yeah. not the same shit. He's like, you're actually doing the fucking work. And, like, these guys aren't, right? Um, and then she even brings up the race card. 
which I yeah. thought felt a little out of left field uh, when she says it to Brandon. Basically says, or it's because they're black. You know, basically it's what she mm-hmm. says. It to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like she doesn't really want to touch it because right. I think she doesn't know how to approach it without it turning into like a big racial issue um, or potentially putting the light on her situation. Right. That's what I think is the bigger problem here is that these two both have their own very separate conflicts of interest. uh, But it's sort of driving them. One is pushing the other to sort of pursue this story and they're, and they're both being really cagey about it for their own, because of their own um, totally unrelated reasons. And um, she's kind of saying things like, oh, me write a sports story. Yeah, right. And, you know, that that doesn't hold a lot of water with her being like the stand up, you know, virtuous, um, serious journalist that she's supposed to be. But she she does kind of lay down the law with Brandon, Brandon, in terms of, uh, you know, hello, you're talking about your conflict of interest being on the team. I'm out of district, too. Like, I'm glad that they sort of reminded viewers of that and didn't mm-hmm. didn't sort of leave that um that thread out there dangling yep uh all right so we have brenda on the in the test drive here now and i thought this giant sign was pretty absurd it's like the student driver placard on top of the car i, I mean it was like the most massive placard i've ever seen stuck up on the top of a car it was gigantic yeah that was that was a little bit exaggerated comical yeah. So, again, this whole storyline feels a little comical. Um, maybe it's because the other side is so heavy that they tried to go over the top, like, goofy with the other stuff. But I don't know. It feels like this whole thing is, like, kind of cartoonish <laughs> with Brenda. Yeah, it definitely True. feels like an uncomical B story. Right. So she's in the car and the, you know, the instructor instructor kind of blames her. But I, I feel like it's his fault. Like, he calls out Henry Winkler. <laughs> uh, he sees Henry Winkler and then she gets all distracted because of it. It's like, why did he even say anything? It's like, he set her up to fail. And then, um, you know, she ends up basically failing. She fucks up and, uh, almost, I guess almost got an accident. Like they kind of leave it. They kind of leave it to you to guess. I guess. Yeah. Cause like, they're like, ah, and then she goes skidding. But I mean, obviously yeah, I thought we heard a bang too. I mean, I would, I'd definitely look out the window if I saw the fonts. Right, right. Like you set her up to fail. Not cool. Hey. She was doing so well before, you know, like, yeah. why, why you got to ruin it? Yeah. All right, so we go to practice our tryouts where stage, stage dad Jim is watching. He's all in. Uh, and then when Brandon makes the cut again, he comes up to it. He goes, oh, we, we're, we're down. We are down to the final cut, right? So he's doing the full stage dad. Uh, mm-hmm. All in, all in. So Andrea does some digging. And she lets Brandon know that she found out James has no transcripts, no basic testing, and no GPA. He's the only student in West Beverly without a GPA. Um, Which was interesting, because when Steve was talking, he made it seem like the whole fucking team was in on the scam. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this comes down to just this James guy, pretty much. And so we got a big story brewing right now. (laughs) Well, this turns out to be a huge fuck-up on Andrea's part. Right, right. But also, um, what is with the school releasing... Yeah. Um, potentially incriminating and very scandalous um, records to a student. I mean, I say, yeah. How do you get your nuts. hands on these records so easily? She had to go through some Possible. source or something, right? Or dig. I I don't know how the fuck 
she got to it. Yeah, yeah who did she talk to? This is a serious to? crime on Andrea's part. Like, she'd get expelled for this. And I guess she's not the editor of The Blaze or nothing, but... I guess. Uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> like, greatest um, high school newspaper in the country, we're told. But hold on, can I ask you, like... Th- 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 see, like, this is one of those things that, like... As you're explaining to me now, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, this is, like... this. I know it's a show, but this does not happen in high school. Like, you cannot get... You can't get that close, you know, even if you're like an editor, like there's like that whole privacy issue. I don't know, like what the privacy issues were like back in the 90s, but like there's no way. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to run this story, considering <laughs> Andrea broke. Like, I, I mean, school. yeah, it's like this is a school sponsored um, yeah. newspaper. I, I, how in the world are they? It's just it's one of those things you just sort of have to hand wave away because. That's not even, like, the plot of this episode, <laughs> even though it could be, like, Andrea yeah. running this story. <laughs> plot number, I mean, you know, yeah. like, plot B could actually be, how did Andrea get all these records of Brenda taking her driver's test again? So, yeah, that is what it is. Um, so he has no records, no transcripts. Nothing. Um, it doesn't exist. Yeah, you would think that the, what, what's it called? The uh, the Applied Learning Program? Would, <laughs> yes. Would itself have a real big fucking problem with this, but apparently, <laughs> or, or at like, least falsify some shit, would create something. <laughs> yeah, come up with some books, man. What the hell? So then Brandon like doesn't even t- like Andrew's like, do you want to talk to him? Do you want me to? And he's like, I'm um, I'm doing it. And he gets right in James's face. James tries to apologize for a little incident on the court, and he's like, fuck you. Like, like Brandon uh, just gets right in his grill. James goes right to the race card. He's like, you're doing this because I'm black, basically. And Brandon's like, no, like. You have no records. You're here illegally. You're going to take my spot on the basketball team, et cetera, et cetera. So shit gets real heated in this scene between these mm-hmm. two guys. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, even if the school is doing something wrong, that's really not James's problem. You know, <laughs> like it's wh- who, where does Brandon get off confronting this guy about the the malfeasance of the administration of West Beverly? Like, come on. He didn't yeah. create the system here. No, um, with it. Yeah, but again, this all just goes back to Brandon wants a spot on the team. He's probably not going to get it, so he's going to take it out on who he thinks is there unfairly. Yeah, so, like, Brandon just comes, like, walking in, like, oh, yeah, I can just do whatever I want. It's like, bro, like, you can't. And just because you want a spot, you know, doesn't mean, like, you earn a spot, you know, and you can't, like... If Brandon were to go with, like, the story, it's totally cheating for him to, like, get a spot, you know? And so, right. it, like, it could hurt more than, like, just any, like, James. It hurt, like, the whole team and, like, you know, the whole school and stuff, too. So back at the Walsh house, and we kind of get a little bit more of a jaded, angry Sydney that we've been seeing. Uh, because she's all dressed up, and Jim does not even compliment her. He's, Brandon does, so she's like, well, at least someone fucking noticed. Um, and Jim's just going through his fucking yearbook and all this other shit, and he's all he's all in on on the glory days. And Brandon, and he's basically like, well, why are you working a double tonight, Brandon? Like, you should be fucking resting because you got final tryouts tomorrow. And Brandon's like, well, if you want to pay for my car insurance, then I can fucking retire and just focus on basketball. And um. Jim says, like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you make the team, we'll talk about it. They'll and do it. Sydney's like, what the fuck? And so a lot of <laughs> tension right now between Sydney and Jim. Um, yeah. And then. This is Jim's big mistake, I think. You think this is the fuck up right here? Yeah, because, like, it's way. It's putting, like, 
way too much pre- like it, this is just adding like pressure to Brandon, you know, and like I mean with James and everything, it's like, oh, if I get on the team now, you know, my dad'll pay for my car insurance, you know. I sure gotta make the team, you know. My dad's counting on me and my my car insurance and money's counting on me too. Yeah, I gotta figure he'd rather uh play basketball than work at the peach pit. <laughs> so I, I can see that. Plus, um yeah, the, the point about Cindy here looking quite fine. Um all dude up. This is a nice 90s uh, fashion moment for her, I think, in that that mm-hmm. black gown going wherever the Walshers are going. We don't I think um, I don't think we're told what their evening entails, but um, she's she's dressed to the nines. Yeah, she's ready to go. Jim has no interest. He's more concerned about Brandon's uh, basketball tryouts. So then we got a Brenda's on the phone with Kelly. She got you know, she ended up going to the limo, I guess, to the Janet concert. It doesn't look like it. It looks like she's in a club. So I don't know yeah. if this is after the concert, I guess. I have no idea the time of all this. Um, and she's, like, begging Brenda to come get her. And Brenda's like, I can't drive. Um, and Kelly's like, well, you're a good driver. And she's like, yeah, but I can't. I don't have a car. And then I guess or I could borrow Mondale. For <laughs> or a license. Yeah. And she goes to Kelly, I guess I could borrow Mondale. And Kelly goes, you guys have a driver? Which I thought was actually pretty funny. Um, this is funny, yeah. And then Brenda's like, no, Walter Mondale, you know, ran for president. And Kelly's just like staring into the Kelly- fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Minnesota. And she's like, I do not care. Right. I don't give a fuck about any of this. So then Brenda's like, all right, I'm going to take Mondale and go. So we kind of get bad decision Brenda at it again here, uh, which yeah. has been a trend early as well. Yeah, well, it's also I feel like we've only seen Brenda other than the the shoplifting episode, which was its own thing. Um, I think we've only really seen Brenda in B plots, right? Um, right. The show has been very Walsh focused in its early episodes, but most of that focus has really been on Brandon. Um, we haven't gotten a good Brenda episode here in a while, and um, I think it's just the nature of this being the the side story, the secondary story. It's just kind of what she's relegated to. Um, but we do get, I think this is the first uh, name drop of Mondale, the first mention of the, I think so. the car that has a name. So I, I'm sure we've, you know, we've seen it before, but this becomes somewhat iconic throughout uh, these early years of the series. Do you know Walter Mondale is grinning? No. Did you learn something in this episode then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Brenda driving I mean, honestly, is honestly yeah. I probably learned that for the first time watching this. Come on. <laughs> Not really. I mean it would have been like, Well, I guess you were a little younger. Yeah, maybe. early nineties. What did I what did I know about? Uh, I was I was super depressed, so I, that's probably why I do. But oh, okay. I definitely <laughs> have president, president history books by this point. Yeah. Um all right, so Brenda's driving, and I thought this was pretty funny too. She's trying to basically positively reinforce herself as she's driving. She's like, I'm doing a good job. I can drive. This isn't bad. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh and then we hit a mess because the car sputters in the middle of an intersection and it runs out of gas. And she starts freaking out. Of course, we're not in a cell phone era. So she walks to a gas yes. station, finds a nice gas attendant who kind of is like, all right, I'll help you out. And then she realizes she doesn't have any money. And he's like, all right, let's go find the car. Fine. Of course, it's a whopping $2 worth of gas. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just thought fell high. Um, because I feel like when I go now to fill up like a little gas can for my lawnmower, it's like only a couple bucks. Like, didn't that seem high by 1990 standards? 
Um, honestly, it may be like a minimum, you know, for the station or whatever. Maybe. Like, you know, to help out a stranded woman, my minimum is two dollars. <laughs> sort of the impression. <laughs> I got. Uh, to so be gas- clear. To be clear, I didn't I didn't learn about Mondale just tonight watching this episode. I was, I was referring to the first time I watched this back way back in the day. Uh, so I, no, I, no, I got that. I got that. But even then, I don't want anyone left with the impression that I'm the total shit. Uh, so gas was a dollar fifteen in nineteen ninety. So this feels okay. high. Dollar okay. fifteen a gallon. Dollar um, fifty. Yeah, you don't need. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe that's a little over a gallon. So whatever. Uh, all right. So they go to the car. They go to the driver the uh, gas station tenant goes with her and the car's missing and now she's really mm-hmm. flipping out um so we'll see what happens over there but mondale's gone and she's really in the in the soup now this uh, we gas go- station attendant has a few lines he like has a catchphrase or whatever he just keeps saying stuff it happens stuff happens just stuff happens it happens just tell him it happens like this guy's like being like the nicest like gas tenant you could probably ever find yeah, he was. I mean, he kind of acted like he wasn't going to be, but then he ends up being very helpful for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to the peach pit where Nat's teaching Brandon about how to put mayo on a sandwich, which I thought was funny too. Uh, basically says, you know, whatever lettuce you want to use, it gives a shit, but mayonnaise has to be applied a certain way. Um, made me hungry more than anything. But then Brandon's like, look, I got to go. Oh, yeah. I got to return these books to the library, which I mm-hmm. thought was a cover. For him to try to go home to get ready for basketball, but he really does. They go to the library to yeah. return some books. Yes, um, I will just say this: this exchange between Brandon and Nat, um, it does give. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't, but I I had um, a particular line from Nat as my uh, quote of the episode. So we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so we go to the library now, and Brandon sees James sitting accosts him at the fucking library. Um, he needs to cool off. And there, so they're going at it again a bit. And James is a little bit more harsh this time. He's like, look, you don't know me. Uh, my dad built this library, whatever the fuck he said, worked at the city council. Something like mm-hmm. that, right? He's worked for the uh-huh. city. He's got I some connections. Here. Yeah. yeah, I basically belong here. They made me come here because my public school where I live is a disaster. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I'm just trying to fucking live my life. Yeah, and his then the, parents wanted more for him, too. Right. So, you know, they got an opportunity. And Brandon's, like, trying to relate a little bit. He's like, oh, like me. Like, you basically got forced to come here. And the guy's like, whatever the fuck, man. It's like, leave me alone. He's like, no, you asshole. Not like you. <laughs> I'm not rich. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not rich either. Check my bank account. And then, but the whole scene, there's this guy just shushing them in the library. Oh, from my behind. God. It's amazing. <laughs> he's constantly going, shh. Yeah, like the, they haven't gotten thrown out for talking too much. This is where like the the overdubs and the ADR is just out of control, and I was <laughs> I was dying laughing just at these people. This is a library, like all these guys. <laughs> library. All right, so we go back home and we find out Brenda's lied. She says the car gets stolen from the driveway. Mm. Oh, actually, I don't think she even said anything. I think they just got home and the car was missing, and yeah. she played dumb. She played so. The car's gone. They get the detective there and Brandon comes in and Jim's like, basically like, you know, sorry, a car got stolen. I know you got basketball. And Brandon's like, just blows him up in front, even in front of the fucking detective, like basically back the fuck off, Jim. Like I'm trying, I got a lot going on. All right. Like this is the least of my fucking worries. It means more to you than me. Like back off. 
And like I just thought it was wild that this poor detective is just like sitting there while Brandon's fucking oh, laying into his dad. <laughs> so awkward. So Cindy is kind of being the voice of reason this time. She's like, listen, Jim, like back off. Like he'll come around. Just let him let him do his own thing. Like stop trying to force him into this shit because it's gonna backfire. And he kind of listens. And then I thought this was funny too, because you know, we Tim, we keep talking about Brandon being portrayed as like a stud and kind of can't do anything wrong and all this other stuff. And um, it was just funny to me that he figures out what the detective couldn't. Um, that Brenda, yeah. uh, he's, he's like, so Brenda, like, why didn't you hear the thieves take the car? <laughs> and she immediately like cracks and is like, don't tell mom, like, I'm sorry. And explains it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, the detective couldn't put that one together. Like. <laughs> so Brandon gets home, immediately learns that his car has been quote unquote stolen. Yeah. Um, lights into Jim's ass over kind of nothing, but it's right. sort of been a mounting tension between the two of them. So you could see that blow up um, on the horizon. Then he lays into Brenda because he's pieced together what really happened. I mean, Brandon's having a rough night here <laughs> after, yeah. after this shouting match with uh, James in the, li- in the library of his school where they're being shushed by people. It's just, man, he's, um, I mean, we talk about Brandon having these sort of self-righteous moments in these confrontations with people. This is like, this is like something right out of curb. I feel like where it's just one thing after another. <laughs> yeah he is uh he is struggling tonight it's just uh really kind of and all of it is coming down to him feeling the pressure trying to make this team but perceiving perhaps as a bigger issue that may prevent him mm-hmm. uh all right so brenda basically admits it she apologizes don't tell mom i'll do whatever you need and then she has this weird like realization that she was bad at driving because as a kid, her friend's mom got to a big accident. It was like at a body cast. Uh-huh. And then she gets one of the most like self high five, like backdoor compliments of all time. That's why I'm great at everything except driving. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that felt yeah. a little strong. Um, have Lord. we seen Brenda great at anything else? I mean, I feel like we have seen like her be great at something the first time around. Maybe the English stuff that one. Yeah, like like her that. brother, she she's a great writer. Yeah. Um, she's also a hero because she saved the girl on the beach. That's right. That's right. By proxy. Um. So yeah, I mean, academically, she's supposed to be pretty strong. Um. But Brandon immediately um, dismisses this. Is like, you know, that was a hundred years ago, Brenda. No one gives a shit anymore. <laughs> Real Larry David energy from Brandon. In this yeah. He's like, get over it. Like, whatever the fuck. Who cares? Ten years ago. Just fucking it's drive the car. Completely. So we go from, we go from there. Uh, we get a very poignant scene where Brandon and James uh, bond on the basketball court. Uh, you know, James is kind of like, whatever. It's a free country. They start shooting. And I actually like the way they did this. It was like quiet for like a few minutes. They were just shooting hoops right mm-hmm. it's like kind of how guys come together right they just and then they finally kind of crack the ice and brandon apologizes and he kind of says like look i get it like and you know whatever they kind of come together and then admit that they're each other's competition and only one of them is probably going to make the team and so I, I liked the scene a lot i actually thought it was really well done 
Yeah, I kind of did too. Um, well, and I kind of like that the way the way this all came together with um, there really was no story with this whole um, applied learning program. Like I, I thought it was going to be this big scandal that they exposed, and it yeah. was like it was going to end up being not so much um, Brandon learning the lesson, but but these you know basketball players from out of district or getting kickbacks learning well there's no shortcuts in life you have to do it and it just wasn't that it wasn't that at all um so i mean for a show that often has a um a dodgy uh, history of you know race relations race issues mm. when it does tackle that topic um, I kind of thought this this came together nicely. It almost felt like though they got into it and then realized maybe like the real mm-hmm. path was too big for this right now. Yeah, could be going down like them actually running a scheme and this whole thing and him blowing it up. Like it almost felt like they started to go that route and was like, eh, we're not quite there yet. So mm-hmm. um, they pivoted a bit, which again I think is almost it, in an interesting way. It's it's this less hackneyed, not hackneyed, but less formulaic you know what i mean like it actually, uh, yeah like, like you said it was almost a surprise like i don't know Bruni, did you like the scene in the gym yeah i did you know it's like coming it, it's like brandon's moment of realization that it's like this has nothing to do with race or like where it comes from it's like you and i you know we're gonna do our best and we're gonna see who makes the team and who does it and they both show respect for each other you know james respects Brandon for what cut type Brandon athlete is and vice versa. And for a show that is about exposure a lot of the time, you know, they, they throttle back on exposing the program, you know, and they just like, let it be like, Oh, like, you know, now it's not even about like, mm-hmm. the program and like what they do. It's like, um, like what, where James is coming from. Yeah, they, they you're right. They don't demonize this program, which is presented mm-hmm. as doing a, a pretty good thing for the school right. and for the community. And I mean, we don't really see much of it, but it's a priority. Yeah, yeah. It's like and Andrea investigates it and it it sort of started to initially present them in a bad light. But well, that's one thing, out, though. We don't figure out why there's no GPA. Like, I wish they well, kind of closed that. I think kind of did, though. I, I think the the answer was. Andrea was just a big fucking dumbass and didn't ask the follow-up question. Uh, so you think is he even part? Yeah, is he even part of this applied learning program? Well, no, he's just enrolled through. But he still has no GPA. Yeah, not according to them. But I I think that's because they were just going through their records. They weren't looking at the larger, just regular student body. You know what I mean? Well, I think that what screws it up is she said something like, "He's the only student in the school." Without she made it seem like that. Yeah, she did say something like that, didn't she? Like, um, like you said, it's a good chance she just screwed it up. Come in yet? I don't know. But it's like he, that can't possibly be true because he said that he he had a, a parent who was who just the reason he was there is he had connections through a parent. He wasn't he was not part. He said he told Brandon he's not part of this. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there enrolled as a regular degular student like Brandon is. Um, and yeah, he's out of district, but you know, exceptions are made sometimes. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like they just got their signal crossed or Andrea just sucked or what, 
Like, it just, <laughs> there was nothing there at the end of the day. Like, it just, it seemed like it was a big mix-up, right? Yeah. So Brandon's out walking around uh, on the campus. The other basketball players kind of stink eye him for a second, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of played as like a joke. And then they're like, hey, you know, we'll see you soon, Brandon. Like, whatever. Hey, what's up? Yeah. And Steve's still kind of coming hard late in the game. <laughs> like, don't worry about them. This is our school, not theirs. Oh. So it almost feels like they're setting up for like future conflict with Steve and these guys or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which doesn't amount to anything. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't know what this was. It was odd. It definitely seemed like it was going to be a school ties conflict or something. I don't know. It <laughs> felt a little much. Go. So Brandon makes JV because uh, James makes um, James makes uh, varsity. So Brandon yeah. gets the JV slot, and Jim Jim's proud. He's like, hey, you know what? You get the playing time, and then he admits, like, look, I was a bench warmer, and I only got that shot because everyone else fouled out. Yeah, <laughs> and I I got lucky. You know? Yep, and I got lucky. So I thought that was a good wrap to that. And Brandon's still gonna play ball. He'll be on JV, um, and maybe maybe he'll move up. And then but, I, you know, um, yeah. we're never gonna see him play basketball again. Um, <laughs> well, there, no, he does. If it, well, yeah, for the school. Does he? But, yeah, well, isn't that don't they do like a three-on-three tournament or something? Uh, yeah, I guess Way recreationally later. there's yeah. There's something. But I mean, he's still gonna work at the Peach Fit. So like, was Jim? You know, hey, he got salty. <laughs> he got salty with me. The deal is off. Like, <laughs> JV isn't good enough yet to make varsity. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a forgotten. Or maybe Cindy put the kibosh on it. You know, could be. Yep. Yeah. So we wrap up. Mondale saved. Uh, the detective finds it, and I thought it was a good uh, wrap up. I thought this was a pretty funny ending. Again, mm-hmm. I think they tried to keep this story light. Um, because the other stuff was so heavy. And I thought overall they did a pretty good job doing that. So the detective basically says, hey, it's the crazy. And again, this detective is played as real stupid because he's like, hey, <laughs> yes. I can't believe it. The perps left the car in the middle of an intersection and our tow truck <laughs> took it. And guess what? The keys were right Fucking in the ignition. Keys are in the- <laughs> like, didn't he say earlier they hotwired it? Or I guess he was, it is, yeah. or that was the gas attendant who said it. I, mean, I don't know. Someone said that maybe they hotwired it. But And then the keys have Brenda's keychain and we kind of end on the you know, Woody Woodpecker kind of, well, <laughs> kind of for Brenda. Uh, when, uh, when, when Sydney's like, it's, uh, hey, that's Brenda's keychain. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how that got there. That's yet. so Brenda, right? Like, that's kind of how we wrap up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, so good that's night. that. So I, I thought this is a good episode. Um, you know, I had some drama, I had some laughs, it chugged along. Uh, no Dylan tonight, uh, so mm. that always hurts. But I don't think he would have fit in this one. Like, I don't yeah. – I, I thought he maybe was going to pop up in the science lab or in the computer lab when they were in there. Uh, in that one scene, I thought Brandon was going to be asking him about it maybe because he kind of is like the, right. you know, insider of the school knows what's going on. Uh, yeah. But I thought it's a pretty good character development, but it wasn't hammered home. So I actually – I really like this episode. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I, given the subject matter, I, I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, and, and definitely more than I remembered also. So I, I was um pretty pleased coming out of this, too. All right, so let's get to our awards. Uh, well, Gruny, any any final wrap-up thoughts on the episode? Um, I, th- I thought it was a good uh, good episode, and uh, to, like, what you say about Dylan is that, like, Dylan could have probably have said, I've never seen that kid in the right. lab here, like, ever, mm. you know? Dylan could have been maybe, like, a, 
aside like oh i've never seen him either you know like fit dylan in somewhere but it's good that like you know dylan's not here but like, you could have fit him in like you know a side character role here all right so let's do our awards uh for this episode before we wrap things up so best scene i went with a a little bit of a cheat but i thought they were both equally good it's brandon uh confronting james in the in the campus and then at the library i thought those are both well done uh, I said the library, um, just because it, it really did give us um, some answers and uh, was not afraid to present Brandon and not the most sympathetic light. Um, and also all the people yelling at them was really funny to me. And I did like the basketball scene, too. So all three of those uh, were really good. Grinny, what'd you think? Yeah, the best scene is definitely in the library where, like, you know, James uh, tells his uh story and where he comes from and you know how he's trying to get along get get in line like everyone else is all right for the most important scene i kind of stuck with that as well i just had james kind of lay in the smack back up brandon so again it's kind of both scenes but i thought those are the most important to tim you really nailed a good point like we're showing that we're not afraid to portray brandon with some potential issues maybe jealousy or whatever else but um, and we saw that last episode, too, right? His jealousy started creeping in. So um, that seems to be maybe one of his big flaws. And uh, James kind of hands it back to him. So I thought, again, the most important scenes were where James was kind of dishing some reality to Brandon. Oddly enough, I went with uh, Kelly flirting with Brandon when she spies on him in his room. It's a very small scene. It's not yep. it's not important to this episode at all. But in terms of just being sort of foundational to the series. I always think of this category almost as, you know, best foreshadowing in some ways. Yep. And that is, I mean, I think we've called it out before between the two of them, but really front and center. Like if you did a, a montage of early Brandon Kelly interactions where they're, you know, teasing a romance, uh, this would have to make the list. Right. Grinny, what's your most important scene? Um, well, I actually went in a different direction, but I really liked the scene and I thought it was important. Uh, Jim and Cindy, uh, talking about how, uh, Jim needs to back off and let Brandon be his own man and like, you know, make room for, uh, Brandon to succeed, but as well as fail. So I give props to, uh, props to Cindy for putting Jim in his mm. place. Like, mm-hmm. let it go. You know, right. like this is, that is a good scene. It's up yeah. for Brandon to, uh, figure out on his own and what he wants, you know, not what you want. So big ups to Sydney, Sydney overall in this episode. She made some strides, as we'll get to on our character ranking in a bit, yeah. uh, for sure. All right, most 90s look. I didn't think there was, like, a ton. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting desensitized to the clothes a little bit now, <laughs> but because they're all kind of 90s-ish. But David kind of had a glaring one at one point. And then I mm-hmm. went with Andrea's uh, the dress shirt with the tie, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Her Prohibition-era mobster suit in her first scene, <laughs> yes. Um, there's that. There's also uh, Steve has, like, this... Um, I think it's when he's talking to David. He has like this seafoam green. It looks like a silk button up shirt with like random dots and patterns all over it. Um, it looked very comfortable, but it's also very 1990. Um, I, I went with because like. I just think that they were like the hottest team at the time besides like the Bulls and stuff. Steve's Laker t-shirt or like Scott's mm. like Laker gear, you know, just cause yeah. like 
it's the Lakers and it's Magic Johnson, the Lakers and the Lakers were really hot in 1990. So I went with like Steve's outfit, like uh, gym outfit. And I kind of went with that same idea for the most nineties moment was Brandon reenacting those Lakers teams in his broom. Like that was a very nineties thing to do to have the nerf <laughs> and the little ball. And you're kind of throwing around and pretending you're magic Johnson and, you know, James worthy and whoever else he was saying. So that, that was a very nineties moment to me. Just the teenage kid in his room playing basketball on the little nerf hoop. True. True. I, um, I went with Brenda running out of gas and having to huff it to the nearest gas station, you know, no cell phones or anything. Just, Felt like a very 90s thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually went with, but I think I might change mine to like what Justin said. I went with driving in an empty parking lot, but I feel like people do that now. But I feel like, you know, like it always seemed like, you know, that was like a, uh, mm-hmm. a 90s thing. Like people like going into like empty parking lots where there are no cars around. But like everybody was being like the, oh, he gives it to Grooney. Grooney shoots. He scores, right. you know, like. Everyone was, like, going in their room thinking that they're, like, the best, like, basketball player in their room, you know. So I'm going to go with JT on that one and say that Brandon, um, Brandon doing the calls, like, in his room and making the baskets, you know, just fooling around uh, is, a ve- is, like, the most 90s moment. I'm not going to lie. I did sort of wonder if uh, driver's ed through your high school is, like, still a thing. Like, <laughs> I just. I have no idea. I assume it is. It was but... when I it it, it yeah, did yeah. offer it like you know I didn't take it but like I mean it was there like you yeah. know I guess you would like sit in the class like for like, a little bit and then like go on the road like the car was there. It was See, mandatory I, 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 for us. Uh, oh. yeah. See, I didn't take it through the school. I think I had to go to like a one class. Mm-hmm. It was like on a weekend or something. But my actual yeah. like driving instructor and all that was just like a private own thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i didn't yeah. go to public school either so maybe that's why. right i was gonna say <laughs> it, it, the public school i went to it was actually um it was actually through your gym class it was the ah. health portion Got it. so i don't know if you guys uh, had like health and gym sort of split yeah we did. um yep. yeah so it was the health portion of gym class my sophomore year was was driver's ed and you didn't <laughs> have to take behind the wheel but if you chose to take behind the wheel, you could do it through the school. And literally it was just, it was the gym teacher who was your, you know, your driver driving instructor. And, um, Interesting. it was just, a, yeah, a week, I think it was a week or two weeks of behind the wheel and you were done so, unless you failed. So, <laughs> but yeah, right. best lesson learned. I went with Steve's uh, blatant stereotyping uh, leading oh, to all boy. these issues that, uh, basically sparked the whole episode. There's there's a lot of uh, lessons learned here, you guys. Um, I I went with uh, well, I'll just go down the list. Don't jump to conclusions about people based on race or circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you need to consider your own vested interests before you go hurling accusations at someone. Um, on a lighter note, uh, perhaps check the gas gauge. Before driving all night to Doheny and Melrose. Um, And finally, this is also my quote of the episode. I'll just say, uh, with mayonnaise, you guys, you can't be too specific. (laughs) That's a good one. That was a good quote and a good life lesson as well. Um, I also had noted originally like the Bobby Knight uh, uh, 
platitudes that Jim dumped on Brandon. Oh yeah. For reading his book. Uh, I had those. Mm, that Kelly rolls her eyes at. Yeah. Yes. Until we get the Steve stuff. Uh, Jimmy, what'd you have for the uh, lesson learned? Uh yeah. Like I, I feel like I just went the easy way. Like don't judge a book by its cover because mm-hmm. Brandon obviously doesn't know where James is coming from. And like um, I guess you could say like know who Mondale is. Yes. Oh, they got, know yes. your presidential history. The actual lesson. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. All right, best hookup. I went with uh, Jim Walsh himself. I thought he was uh, a lot of self-love in this one. He was into his fucking yearbook, into his big moment in the basketball court. Just uh, very, very, uh, it's a Jim love fest. Jim Walsh and his high school memories. Yeah, I think I'll just, I'll back you on that for lack of any other hookups here. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't really find a, a hookup to like, or like even like really think of one. So I went with no hookup. All right, best quote. I had a few, and one was not the uh, the mayonnaise one, which that was a good one, um, uh, Tim. But I had a, aren't you a little short? That was Andrea. Mm. Us Irish guys have to stick together, Steve. Andrea yeah. had a savage. She was pretty savage in this episode. She goes, Steve Sanders is a spoiled slug who doesn't even come close to being a credible. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Uh, Cindy had a good one. She goes, time flies and you're double dribbling down memory lane. Just fucking bitter about Jim not complimenting her. And then the last one I had was Brandon. Why would anyone in Beverly Hills want to steal a 78 bomber? Uh, that was a funny line when he uh, realizes his car gets stolen. Uh, Grooney, what'd you have for best quotes? Um, well, like I, I only went with one because like, I, it really stuck out to me. Like life moves pretty fast when you're double dribbling down memory lane. Hmm. Uh, and then Tim, you have the mayonnaise one. Anything with else? Mayonnaise, you can't be too specific. Are you too specific, Rooney, with mayonnaise? <laughs> um, no, I don't think no. so. Good. All right, final grade out of ten. Uh, like I said, uh, I think I said it off air. This was my favorite episode to date, and it's a big bump. So last week or last episode, Tim, we went three. I went three and a half out of ten. We were down on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I went actually six out of ten on this one. So. I had a couple five and a halfs early on, a five, and this is this is my highest score so far. I thought it was a tighter episode. We didn't have as much kind of fluff. Yes, it was lacking Dylan. Yes, I didn't care for the portrayal of Steve, but I thought this is the best Cindy looked. We're getting some more like fleshing out of Jim. I thought the Brandon storyline was well done, especially with the way they played it out. I thought they did an overall pretty good job of keeping the Brenda stuff light to trade off of it. And it didn't yeah. throw too much at us, but it gave us some good character development flowing throughout it. Six feels good. Six feels like a, a good rating for this one for me too. Um, everything you said, plus um, they zigged when I thought they were going to zag as far as just some of those lessons um, were, were not quite as uh, like ham fisted as I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I thought this made some sort of bold but also good choices so i was i was pretty on board with this at the end of the day believe it or not i went with a six as well and i thought it was a very good like standard um but but like you know good character development but you know standard like oh well you don't know the whole truth uh story so then brandon was gonna like stop at nothing to get to the truth until james finally like you know breaks in and says well you don't know me and this and that so that was your standard uh you know uh don't judge a book by its cover episode and 
but very good character development and uh, big ups to uh, Cindy in this episode. All right, let's really quickly yep. hit our trackers. Uh, so here are the songs we didn't hear tonight uh, because, of course, the music is dubbed on these. Uh, courtesy of Tune Find, we had Oops Up by Snap. That is when uh, Brandon and Jim are shooting hoops. Turn It On Salvador by Toy Matinee is when Brenda and Kelly are hanging out in her room. The Way You Do Things You Do by The Temptations. That's when Brandon mm. and James meet up at the Peach Pit. And Just The Way It Is Baby by The Rembrandts is when Kelly calls Brenda from the club to come pick her up. Uh, Tim, any uh, you want to give a quick plug to our favorite Instagram? Our favorite Instagram is bh90210restored. And you can find these original uh, music clips on that Instagram account. Uh, go back to, you know, the very bottom there for, for the season one scenes here that we talked about. But um, it, it's funny to me when you go on these websites like like TuneFine, which is a good resource for what were the original songs that mm-hmm. we're not hearing. They'll have a comment section and you'll you'll see people asking things like, oh, yes. what was the song during this scene? It has lyrics like whatever. And someone will reply with what the original song was. And they go, no, no, that's not it. (laughs) And it's because there's an entire generation now of people who are watching this this show for the first time. And they're only getting, you know, the dubbed version. So they're like, what are those songs? And they're like, well, they're not even real songs. They're just the cheap licensed music they could afford that, you know, you can never find what... (laughs) what those songs are because they're just not, you know, commercially available. Um, but it's, it's almost like this topsy turvy world now where people have gotten attached to the replacement songs because they don't know any better. Um, it, it's just, it kind of blows my mind. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, the world we live in, but, um, you can find these, these scenes and these songs as they were originally presented, on BH nine hundred two and zero restored on Instagram. All right, here's our character updates. We added Coach Riley, which I feel like that's always the wasn't that the Grooney wasn't that the Muddy Ducks uh, bad guy coach? Mm. Was yeah, who was? Yep. Go to name. Uh, we had wow. James Townsend, the point guard. We had the driver's ed teacher. We had the gas station attendant, and then we had the detective. So we're gonna call him Detective Cladumbo because <laughs> <laughs> not on. Like uh, I would say the driving teacher also seemed uh, very like fa- very familiar mm. like character. I mean, uh, actor. Mhm. Mhm. All right. Relationships. I went with James and Brandon. Uh, they kind of bonded on the basketball court and built a little friendship there, a little rivalry. Yeah. And uh, I like the James character too. I know he's one of those one and done characters, but he's one I wouldn't mind seeing again. Yeah, he would have been good if he stuck around and kind of popped in now and then. Yeah. And uh, places and things, I added the basketball court, I guess, the school court. And then uh, Mondale was our first, uh, like you said, debut officially at Mondale. Mm, good one, yeah. Okay, uh, so Grooney, you know, obviously listened before. So what we do now is we do a character ranking of um, where we stand with all the main characters. And I we try and do this as a blend of kind of where they've been for the series but also this episode so yeah i I don't discredit one bad performance or missing like so dylan wasn't here but i kept him number one still on my rankings do you guys agree with that um yeah um i i don't want to yeah i don't want to ding him too much 
just for one missing episode. Yeah, Dylan's uh, Dylan's number one. All right, so I had Brandon two, Brenda three still. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we might as well say Donna's still dead last. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and I yeah. had Scott with Just her. above her, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so then after our top three, D- Dylan, Brandon, Brenda, uh, I still have Jim four, but I moved Cindy up to five, which is a pretty – a uh, little bit of a bump up for me. I moved her ahead of Steve. I thought she was really good this episode. Oh, I thought Steve, yeah. you know, I try to give leeway. Mm-hmm. He didn't do much last week, and then this was kind of a down episode for him. I didn't right, to- totally absent last week, and bad look for him this week. So yeah, he's. I, I think you're. You got to be a little bit bearish on Steve now. I mean, yeah, like you almost. Me personally, I almost want to put Jim. Uh, I mean, uh, Cindy ahead of. Jim, but again, like Jim just gets like, you know, that spot because of like what he what he was saying in last episode, like, go for it, son, you know? Yeah, so. and Cindy was kind of mm-hmm. annoying in last episode. Yeah. We, we didn't really yeah. care but for like, it. But like, I mean, it vice versa in itself yeah. this time where it's like Cindy's like the saving grace and Jim's like, no, I mean, kind of the annoying one, would you say, JT? Uh, Jim? Yeah, a little bit. I, and if I... Yeah, but he wasn't as annoying as Cindy was. No, not yeah. Didn't compare to yeah. It's, I mean, Jim's kind of been climbing, and I I think that really continues in this episode. Cindy has been, I guess, holding her own. She took a hit last week. Um, but she but, made up uh, this time. She yeah, she kind of regained some ground. So I don't really mind them being neck and neck like that. So that's that seems appropriate. Okay. Okay, then I have I kept David there, but I feel like we're maybe one episode away from moving David ahead of Steve, which I wouldn't have believed a few weeks ago, but yeah. it's starting to feel that way to me. Yeah, I know. Like Doug is uh, Steve really dug himself down uh, this episode. Like we're seeing like a really like bad version of Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could change though, honestly. And you give me one good Steve episode, maybe it's it's on the horizon. And that that could turn around pretty easily, um, or or another good David episode could really see him on the ascent. Okay, and then I just had Andrea, who I actually moved ahead of Kelly in this episode because I thought she was pretty good, and then I had Kelly and then Nat. Um, I think that's yeah, Andrea ahead of Kelly, who Kelly hadn't had much going on lately, has she? No, this I mean, one at least we had the Brandon stuff in this one, so that was something. But yeah, it's yeah something. Kelly's like being like really a snob in this episode. Like she's getting Brenda into like into trouble though. But Brenda's too manipulative to like she's being manipulative into doing bad things. So like right. Kelly's mm-hmm. definitely like snobby and bad in this episode. Yep, yep, not a good look for her either. So, but like Andrea's like a little too nosy in this. Episode. I mean, well, it's her job to be nosy. Like, I don't think she was way too out of line in this episode. Although, going through someone's records is really wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fucked up. Well, she's but, an uh, investigative reporter, though. She's she's a serious journalist. Yeah. What, what, what can you do? Where are All these right, so violations? He, he, Where are these privacy laws? <laughs> Here's our overall ranking then. Uh, so Brandon is still in first place with 55 points. Brenda is still in second with 46, but she is barely hanging on now. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, she's got 47. 
No, 46, 46. Um, so she's barely hang on who Dylan was not even in this episode, picked up 12 points. Uh, so he's at 45. So he's one behind Brendan now overall uh, in gaining Steve in fourth with 40. He stays there. Uh, actually, he moved behind Dylan. He was in third before. So they flip. Cindy moves up with 37 points, just above David with 35. And then we get Jim coming in at 27 points. So he's making a push. Kelly okay. at 25, Andrea at 23, Scott at 14, Nat at 7, and Donna at 5. Uh, one per episode so far for Donna Martin, who's in last <laughs> place. Jeez, um, yeah. But I don't feel like we've even been harsh on that because she's no, we haven't. Really I mean, even been on. I mean, it's been nothing. They've given us nothing, yeah. All right. Uh, great episode, guys. Really quickly before we wrap, just want to plug everything we have going on here at the North-South Connection. If you're into um, – you know, if you're into champagne or anything else, we uh, we have it across the board for you. Uh, wrestling, pop culture. You can northsouthconnection.podbean.com. Like I mentioned off the top, if you're into Beverly Hills 90210, either as a novice or as a diehard and you want to join us, just reach out and we'd love to have you on the episode. Also, for you pop culture fans, newest episode of uh, Have You Heard About Pluto over on the Jenny position, one of our sister feeds. Jennifer Smith, who was a guest here before, had myself and my bro, Jeff Machado, on. And we watched an episode of Jersey Shore Family Vacation, uh, and that just dropped. So if you're into Jersey Shore or you want to hear more of me, mm-hmm. uh, you know Jeff doesn't do a ton of podcasts outside of the one him and I occasionally do. Uh, definitely check that out because it was a lot of fun and digging into that. And Jeff is a big shorehead like I am, so that is a must listen. Uh, Gruny, anything you want to talk about quick before we wrap up? Yes, over on the uh, Place to Be Wrestling feed, you can catch me and Michael Cook on our podcast called Extreme Resurrection. We're moving through uh, September of 2006, where ECW is still relying on superstars from SmackDown to come make the show worthwhile because ECW on sci-fi is not going to survive on its own. And that's all I have to plug for Extreme Resurrection. All right, Tim. Uh, I would just say if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you like what JT and I do on this show, um, we also do uh, an MCU-related podcast. So it's myself, JT, uh, the aforementioned Jennifer Smith, and Scott Criscolo. Um, This is called The Journey Through Infinity, going chronologically through all the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Had an episode just drop on covering uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and this was actually run, I believe, uh, right here on the North-South Connection. Yes, special crossover. Yeah, special crossover. So the normal home of, of this podcast is uh, the Jenny position, our, our sister network, but um, went ahead and dropped that one right here on NOSO. So uh, check that out if you're so inclined, and we will have more installments of that series as we continue the journey. Uh, you can find me as well on Twitter. I am at Psych68CYKE68. Chat me up about 90210, MCU, uh, whatever's on your mind. I think we're getting some pretty good engagement on this podcast mm-hmm. and really appreciate all your thoughts, uh, questions, resources that you're sharing as well. We've, we've gotten some, some pretty fun uh, feedback, so uh, keep them coming. And we will continue this journey in a few weeks, as usual. Drop every three weeks or so. We try and keep up with that. I'm at JT the Pod Guy on Twitter. Again, NorthSouthConnection.podbean.com. You can have a little den sum, a little den sum. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone take care.